Hello, everyone, and welcome to Classic Vinyl Podcast. I am one of your hosts today, Justin, and I'm here with my other host, Tyler. I am so happy to be here. You're always happy to be here. I am. I'm. I, I, even though I live in a constant state of rage, I am always happy to be here with this podcast. Yeah, and you say you're in a state of rage, but I've actually never seen that from you. I know. I'm, I'm pretty mellow for somebody that's just constantly seething like a, an erupting volcano. What do you think about our episode today? This album's all over the place. Yeah. That's... But it all fits together. It does. Okay, so on this episode, we're going to be reviewing the Doors sophomore album, Strange Days. Now, I want to be upfront about everything first off. The Doors are one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band. So I'm going to be very... Biased I'm going to be very biased, yeah. but they, it's my true feelings, too. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot... You know, I love the music. It's been a part of my life for... 40 years plus easily so to me my favorite bands are the beatles and the doors maybe the beatles edge out the doors just a little bit just based on quantity of music put out because the doors were together a short time and Mm -hmm. only released six studio albums but i am very as you say biased towards the doors because of what they mean to me and how much history i have with them you do you have a, a lot of experience with the doors and as we were talking you know for record store day, I bought the Doors mini record player. Yes, you did. That comes with three mini single vinyls, and it is adorable. Yeah, and I can't believe I bought it because adorable, adorable. Oh, because I'm a very much a completist when it comes to Beatles and Doors things, which justifies that purpose in and of itself. Well, and the funny thing is, is I know I don't want to be. I know the Doors have released everything in 40th anniversary editions and 50th. Keep rehashing, and I roll my eyes and then hit pay. Yeah. So that that's kind of my history with them. I'm very much a completist. I, I would say with the Doors, the Beatles, and the Who a little bit. And that's it, the spirit that built the British Empire into what it became. Exactly. And it, it's yeah. a disease, I guess, because even though I scoff at a lot of the things they release, you know, I, mm-hmm. I still buy them. So <laughs> there we go. So this is the second album we're doing of the Doors. It's the first artist we've actually done a second album of. Let me give you a little history on the Doors. They formed in Los Angeles in 1965. They consisted of Jim Morrison on vocals, Ray Manzarek on keyboards, Robbie Krieger on guitars, and John Densmore on drums. So Jim and Ray knew each other because they had attended UCLA film school together. And I guess after they had graduated and everything, Jim and Ray met up on the beach and Ray asked Jim, hey, what you been up to? And he says, I've been writing lyrics. And he's like, let me hear some of them, man. And he sings him the lyrics to Moonlight Drive and it blew Ray away. Yeah, that sounds really romantic. Yeah, and they they said, hey, let's start a band right here. Oh, they fell in love. They fell in love. Jim Morrison named the band The Doors, and that comes from the Aldous Huxley book, The Doors of Perception. You probably remember that from Mm -hmm. our previous episode. Yeah, we do a little bit of a a band introduction. Yes. So if you've uh, listened to our first album, our review on The Doors, then a lot of this will be familiar. But if you haven't or if you've forgotten... Here's a, re- a little recap. So the doors are really hard to explain their sound because they have a lot of rock, jazz, mm-hmm. blues, a psychedelic sound. I mean, you've got Morrison's baritone, dark eroticism <laughs> vocals, you know. Oh, he's a very sexual man. He is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, his crooning is, yeah. well, funny enough, almost Frank Sinatra-like in, in some ways. You know? Different music, but... Now that you mention that, yes. He, he is very much that way. Yeah. And he, he worshipped Frank Sinatra and mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. 
So that that was part of it. But I'm intrigued by uh, these little factoids about Jim Morrison. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because it's, he, it's piecing the puzzle together a little bit. Yeah, because his crooning, you know, and he's got that pseudo poetic lyrical mm-hmm. style, you yeah. know, and it just all fits in. It's mm-hmm. perfect. And the band The Doors is kind of a band you either love or you hate. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people fall in the middle with them. And I, and I may be wrong with and, that. And I would not associate... Uh, Jim Morrison singing with Frank Sinatra or Elvis Presley. But now that you mention it and listening to him, boy, that that really fits together. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So the band, you know, they got going in 65. They wrote some early songs and that. And they were the house band for the a little L.A. club called the London Fog. Mm-hmm. But after playing there for quite a while, they eventually worked their way up to become the house band for the Whiskey A Go-Go in L.A., right on the Sunset Strip. So they were eventually signed by Elektra Records in August of 1966. They released their debut album in 1967, which was their self-titled The Doors album, which is the one we reviewed first. It reached mm-hmm. number two in the charts, and it's actually been certified four times platinum. And it has their most successful single They've ever had Light My Fire, which hit number one. Strange Days, the album we'll be reviewing tonight, it reached number three. Waiting for Sun, their third album, actually hit number one. Soft Parade, which was kind of a departure from their sound. It it was a little bit softer, and it had strings and brass in it. You know, it was kind of looked at as, like I said, a departure, but completely different from the other Doors albums. But it's kind of got a cult following with the Doors people now, and a lot of people consider it their favorite album. But it it reached number six, and then Morrison Hotel, which was next, reached number four, and their final album with Jim Morrison was L.A. Woman. It reached number nine. So all their albums hit the top ten. All their albums are platinum. L.A. Woman is three times platinum, and obviously their, like I said, their debut album is four times platinum. They released six studio albums with Morrison, two studio albums after his death in 1971, with Robbie and Ray taking the lead vocal duties. And they released a poetry album from Morrison in 1978. Morrison's uh, recorded poetry. The living members of The Doors put music to it. Yeah, and, and there's a, an example of that on this album. Uh, it's a little bit different, but it's it's kind of similar. But the okay. album they released in 1978 was uh, American Prayer, and it's actually went platinum as well. They've had multiple... American Prayer. American Prayer. They've had multiple live albums, multiple compilation albums, greatest hits, box sets, 40th anniversary editions, 50th anniversary editions, etc., etc. Justin buys all of them for some unknown reason. And I I will always quote uh, the great Jim Morrison, you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. Now that is off their fourth album. The Soft Parade. Is it? And we will get to that sooner or later. That's not without a doubt. It's a great quote. I love it. Out of all the singles they released as a band, they only had two hit number one, Light My Fire and Hello, I Love You. But they did have 13 total singles that charted in the top 100. They were the first American band to have eight consecutive gold albums. First American band to do that. The band has sold over 100 million albums worldwide. Of course, Jim Morrison died of heart failure in Paris in 1971. Allegedly. Yeah, I was waiting for you to throw that in. <laughs> you know, and the, the sad and funny and crazy thing about that is his death really mm-hmm. enhanced the band's legacy. I mean, he martyred the band, essentially. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have enough mysticism to him while he was alive, that certainly put that craziness out there, you know? Yeah, it's very rude of him to go and die so early. Yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate, but it's, you know, when you talk about other bands and things, if they would have kept going, would it? 
have been as good, you know, and that's hard to say. He is in the 27 Club. He certainly is. So they did release Oliver Stone's movie, The Doors, in 1991, which is something that kind of introduced me to The Doors, and it certainly reinvigorated the public to The Doors and brought their popularity back up. But anyone close to The Doors themselves, including the band members, hate the movie and said it's factually incorrect, most specifically about Jim Morris and what he was like. You know, Oliver Stone paints him as just a crazy, drug-addicted drunk, is back and forth, and... That's far from the truth. So the movie The Doors really got me into The Doors because whether, you know, it's not a historical piece about them, it's far from the truth. But if you want to watch a good movie that kind of shows a basic sketch of Mm -hmm. the band's life and you hear a lot of good music and it really gets you into it, it's a good movie to watch and you still need to watch it. I do. I haven't seen it yet, but I I do want to send my appreciation out to the great Val Kilmer. In it for portraying Jim Morrison, regardless of how accurate that portrayal was, he did an amazing job. He sang a lot of the parts in the in the film, and I thought he did good. I I hope one day a true documentary, or I wouldn't even say a documentary, but a theatrical film or series mm-hmm. about the Doors is made because. Keep in mind, I'll still buy it. Yeah. Come on. It's Oliver Stone, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to look at Oliver Stone films with a big grain of salt. You do. He, I mean, he certainly hits home with them. He he goes for the theatrical value yeah. over the actual Oh, he's very dramatic. Value, yeah. <laughs> you know. The Doors were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1993, and they're selling just as many records today as they did in the 60s so Mm -hmm. it's crazy because they are one of the bands when we talk about bands that don't seem to stand the test of time the doors certainly have they're still played on all kinds of rock and roll Mm -hmm. radio there's still plenty of movies and documentaries of things about them floating around they're still releasing re-release stuff that justin buys and so Mm -hmm. you know they're still as relevant today maybe more so than they ever were yeah love them or hate them you know the doors yeah you do do you Mm -hmm. want to get to the album review let's do it And now it's time for the album review. Okay, so this episode, we are going to review The Doors' second studio album, Strange Days. This album was released on September 25th, 1967 by Elektra Records. It was recorded at Sunset Sound Recorders in Hollywood. It's actually the same studio their debut album was recorded at. Produced by Paul Rothschild, who actually produced all of their albums except their final album, L.A. Woman. This was the first one of their albums recorded on an 8-track, which give them a lot of diversity in sounds and things they could do, and you notice that in some of the songs on here. And apparently they had heard Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Mm -hmm. and what they had done, and they wanted some of those other sounds. They certainly uh, got those uh, sounds incorporated. They did. So several songs on this album or most of the songs on this album were simply songs that were either recorded or they attempted to record for their first album. They were left over. There's a lot of early songs on here that were made as demos before their first album. So this is kind of part two, you know, record companies only like put a certain amount of songs on an Mm -hmm. album. So if you're sitting there on 25 songs, you've got to whittle it down to 10 (laughs) songs or 12 songs or whatever, you know, it's pretty tough. But it doesn't seem like we're getting the dregs or the leftovers on this one. We're getting really good material. Yeah. I, I, even though a lot of these songs were thought to possibly be on their debut album, you got to keep in mind they had a lot of touring and and, and they could these songs were probably around at the time. Yeah, they were yeah. around at the Some time. They were still touring with them. They were still yeah. playing a lot of them, and maybe they hadn't polished them off fully or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I don't feel like this album is any kind of leftover. In fact, I feel this album stronger than the first album. All right. So this album reached number three on the U.S. Billboard Top 200 charts, sold almost 2 million copies worldwide. It's certified platinum by the RIAA, close to two times platinum. In fact, oh. it probably will be by the end of the year. So obviously going through the band again on this album, Jim Morrison's vocals. Ray Manzarek plays the keyboards, the marimba, the harpsichord. Robbie Krieger plays the guitars. And John Densmore plays the drums. You've also got Doug Lubon who plays bass on Unhappy Girl, Horse Latitudes, and When the Music's Over. And that's what's kind of funny about this band is they always employed a bass player in the studio on mm-hmm. certain songs, but they never had a bass player live. Interesting. Ray would play the, I'm not sure what bass, but he played the bass on a bass organ. Yeah, there's uh, the bass is really prominent in this album. It is. Yeah. Well, and when you listen to them live, the bass is very prominent. The way Ray plays it, too, it just plays out It's different. just on a bass uh, organ instead of... Bass yeah. guitar. Interesting, in my yeah. opinion. I, I liked it. So all songs on this album were credited to the band, and they did that for the first three albums. It was Soft Parade when Jim Morrison didn't want them credited to the whole band anymore because mm-hmm. he wasn't real happy with some of the songs Robbie Krieger had written. So, Yeah, th- Robbie. That's when they started separating them. But on this, no matter who wrote the songs, they were credited to the whole band. Now, the album cover's kind of interesting. We looked at this before. It, it features street performers on a New York side street, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, this is a photograph that really could be a drawing. I mean, of a bunch of circus performers of all different types. You got acrobats, you got the strongman, you got... uh, You got a juggler. Yeah, and a little person uh, dancing in the street. Yeah, it's a really bizarre picture, but it's just... That, what uh, these are people who are dressed up in like their their circus or carnival attire, but they're just out on a New York street. So the funny thing is, from what I've read, number one, Jim Morrison didn't want to be on the cover, but there is a little poster of him mm-hmm. on the wall of the doors, yeah. and he didn't want to be featured prominently on this. And all of these, except for the acrobats, were just mm-hmm. people off the street. Mm-hmm. In fact, the guy playing the trumpet, I guess he was a guy they pulled out of a cab and paid him five bucks to play a trumpet real quick for the nice. for the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of neat because if you look at the back side of the album as well, that's mm-hmm. actually the extended photo. They go together. It would have uh-huh. looked better in a gatefold or something like that so you could yeah. see the whole thing together. But then you've got another one of the dwarfs but, yeah, trying to hand a tambourine to a lady or uh, a man it, or something. Is it a different dwarf or is it the same one? It, they were actually twins. Really? Yeah. No wonder they all look so much alike. It's funny because there's really nothing on the front cover to identify that it's by the door. So most stores had to put stickers on the front of them saying, this is the door. I, I believe that. Yeah. Cause even though there's the, there is like a poster of the doors and it has the title of the album, strange Good, but, days it, on. but it's pretty small. It is small. It is not prominent. It, it's easily missed. So on this album, they've released multiple editions. They released 40th and 50th anniversary editions, which are essential for completists like myself because you want to get the outtakes and things like that, and they've done interesting remixes. They're worth having, but to me, you know, the quintessential Doors catalog is having the original six studio albums. Or you can be like me and have them 15 different ways just just to make you happy. All of those need to be listened to. So that's a little information about the album. Do you want to get to side one? Let's roll it. Side one. Okay, so this album opens up with one of their oldest songs the album title track strange days lyrics on this song were by jim morrison even though they were credited the whole band 
This song was written in 1966, and it's got an interesting version on the London Fog record, a really old mm-hmm. version, and it's really worth listening to if you can catch that. It's completely yeah. different than what hit this album. It's it's one of the earliest rock and roll songs to feature the Moog synth, which Jim sings through on this. It's really kind of gives him an interesting sound. Yeah, it's real haunting feeling. It is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. And the band actually made two music videos for this song. You can check oh. them out on YouTube if you want to. So what are your thoughts on this song, Tyler? This is a song where the bass guitar features prominently. There's also the the organ or the uh, the key the signature keyboard. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, the doors are. That's so I mean, that's it. the door sound. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's got really beautiful music, but it's almost like Halloween music. It's real haunting. It's real foreboding feeling in the melody. I think you got to kind of put yourself back in the times and realize how different the doors were because yeah. you had a lot of the flower power and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff going on. And the doors come in and they were very they're kind of Tim Burtonish. Yeah, with, and I, I don't know if I'd go with that. I think my take mm-hmm. on it is just they were the dark side of things instead mm-hmm. of trying to go to the summer of love and happy go lucky yeah. type of stuff. They they come in and I guess I should qualify that statement by saying this is kind of like what you get uh, with Disney Studios ha- employing Tim Burton, you know? Yeah, and it, yeah. that makes sense. I, I think they were out for something different, you know? And yeah. the Doors sound, their music is unlike anything mm-hmm. of that time, unlike really anything we've yeah. seen since. It really changed things up. Yeah, and I, I like the intro on this mm-hmm. song. You know, I love Morrison's voice on this mm-hmm. song, singing through the Moog synth. It, it just gives it that eerie sound, and you yeah. know, with the keyboards in the background. The drums are really good on this. Mm-hmm. It's got a good bass line, like you said. It's yeah. featured prominently. There's not a lot of guitar in this song mm-hmm. because you're getting the Moog synth and the keyboards, and but it's a really good song. There's a lot of uh, moments moments in this album or even other doors songs that aren't on this album where it's it there's kind of a dissonance that makes me feel a little like like i am like i need a v8 you know i'm walking kind of sideways about to tip over (laughs) yeah it's a strange eerie song Mm -hmm. but i mean hell it's called strange days yeah exactly i mean boy they capture that if you hear that early version on the london Mm -hmm. fog it's completely different you know you play this on guitar and it's kind of a simple e minor to a minor Mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting because that early version is just kind of a simple song you know but in this, they really put those sounds, and I think that's where you get the eight-track recorder, and they're, mm-hmm. and they're putting different sounds in this to give it that eerie feeling. But it's an excellent way to open an album, and like mm-hmm. I've stated, and I'm going to keep stating, I'm very biased to this album. So. All right. so we move on to the next song, Your Lost Little Girl. Now, this is a song written by Robbie Krieger, possibly a reference to the William Blake poem, A Lost Little Girl. That's been said by some band members. Mm-hmm. It's been refuted, so who knows? And there's kind of a funny thing about this. Jim Morrison had a hard time singing this for whatever reason. Didn't like it, didn't like the lyrics, or just couldn't get him down. I don't know. But there there is a rumor that Pam Corson, his girlfriend at the time, had to visit the studio booth while he was singing and perform oral copulation. She felicitated him. That's what they're saying. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just rock and roll. Well, that certainly adds a different element to the mix. It it does, (laughs) you know, when when you're sitting there listening to his voice, you know, Mm -hmm. wondering if that that's what was going on. What are your thoughts on this song? It has a, once again, prominent bass uh, in the opening. Then got like this, there's something really cool with the music where the organ trades place with the bass and you got like the organ keeping that, that beat going and the bass is strumming 
along like it's uh doing the melody it's really it's really cool yeah and i believe robbie krieger plays the bass on this mm -hmm. i'm not sure and that's something that they were able to do a little more of with an eight track you yeah. could play the guitar and then play the bass on another track and overdub it mm -hmm. right that was something you could do a little easier the vocals on this weren't anything to write home about it was uh, jim morrison but the the best thing that i have going on is that uh that little tidbit of information that the rumor <laughs> of pam course on there and jim with his eyes kind of rolling to the back of his head uh, <laughs> well, I I really like the vocals on this. I uh -huh. like his crooning way of just kind of singing through it, and mm -hmm. I, there's a tad bit of echo on the vocal, and I kind of yeah. like it. You know, I I think this has got a good little guitar solo in the middle, and the guitar throughout is amazing. Yeah. And and this is something else you'll hear me talk about is I think Robbie Krieger is an amazing guitar player. Mm -hmm. And one thing people have got to remember, he studied flamenco guitar for years and finger picking. Oh, but at this time he had really only been playing you know, like electric rock guitar for two years. He That's was, interesting. Yeah, and he is one of the best, most underrated guitarists ever, in my opinion. And yeah, this is a good song. I really like this mm -hmm. song. I like the keyboards and the keyboard runs during the chorus. It, it just fits in once again. It's it's yeah. the Doors, right? It, this is a, a classic Doors song. Yeah, yeah, it is. So let's move on to another song, song three, Love Me Two Times. This is a fairly popular mm -hmm. song. Uh, lyrics on this one were also written by Robbie Krieger. This was the second single to be released off the album. It reached number 12 on the Billboard charts. Weird thing about it, as suggestive as it is, it doesn't seem like it to us, but many radio stations wouldn't play this at the time or had a problem playing it because of its suggested Love Me Two Times lyrics, you know? Oh, it's scandalous. Love Me Twice Today. That, you, can't, you can't say things like that because they're talking about making love. Yeah, it's just funny the things that it, you compare that to the things we allow now to hear. It's just kind of crazy, but we can't have that sort of thing going across the radio. So Ray Manzarek has stated in the past that Robbie wrote this song about lust and loss, mm -hmm. but a lot of other people think it's about a sailor, a sailor or a soldier spending the last day with his girlfriend before shipping off to war. And it really fits either either way. It really does. And I, I think you ask a lot of these people what the songs are about, and a lot of them don't remember anyways. Now, the first thing for me on this song is it's got an amazing recognizable intro. It's got an amazing mm -hmm. guitar riff throughout. I think yeah. Jim Morrison's vocals in this are very, very strong. Yeah. And I think this song pretty much rocks. You know, I love the Jim's, yeah. all right, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, when he screams it out. His screaming or his strained vocals... Yeah on whenever he does it and we'll get into mm -hmm. that like on when the music's over too yeah. are amazing if you really listen to the guitar throughout this song is there some special effect that they put on that guitar i'm not sure because it is really cool whatever it is but that guitar sounds like it's been tweaked somewhat yeah, i'm sure they did something but I, to me this is a good example mm -hmm. of robbie krieger's guitar playing yeah the drums have got a good beat throughout oh, this they're, song they're rocking out this it's is great. a pretty yeah. good rocking song mm -hmm. for the doors you know it, it's yeah. because the doors weren't ever really considered a hard rock band by mm -hmm. any means but this is a straightforward rock and roll song yeah. what and are your thoughts on this you know this is even uh, a little hard rock it, it's not it's not soft by any means this is this is rock and roll it's a fun song. I really enjoyed the, this song, um, the writing of it. I gotta say something about uh, the Doors is that uh, they seem very overtly sexual in uh, in a lot of their writing, and I like it. Human beings are sexual critters. That's what it's about, right? Yeah. That's what everything's about. Everything is. That's how we perpetuate the species. 
yeah, this is an amazing song. I have a lot of history. This is this is another album that my dad would have me up late at night listening to, and more particularly, he'd have me listening to Love Me Two Times, People Are Strange, and When the Music's Over. Those songs are embedded in my mind from my very, very early youth. So That'll happen. Yeah, so I, I got started with The Doors pretty early. Your dad could have been doing a lot worse things to you than introducing you to excellent music. Yeah, and it makes me wonder because... You know, by the time 91 rolled around and I seen the movie The Doors, I fell in love mm-hmm. with The Doors, and I yeah. started diving into everything about them. You know, I started collecting all their albums, and I haven't stopped to this day, you know, 30-plus year, 30 yeah. plus years later. So, you know, it's hard to say whether it started with my dad, whether it started in 91, but mm-hmm. I think all of it added together. That's what made me such a huge Doors fan. Okay, so let's move to the next song, Unhappy Girl. Lyrics on this one are by Jim Morrison. This song is basically written about girls that will spend their adulthood regretting the chances they could have taken when they were younger. So, missed out on having fun, right? Yeah, which is a rather controversial argument. There's plenty of people that regret living too wildly as they mature. but Yeah, but it's easy to regret not living wildly because you don't know the yeah, outcome of it, right? Exactly. And to, you know, regret chances that you didn't take, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of us that have made dis- decisions with our lives that, for better or for worse, we either played it safe or we played it too risky. Yeah. And it, life turns out the way it's going to. Mm-hmm. So on this song, Doug Lubon plays bass. Ray Manzarek actually plays the keyboard backwards. And I read about this, and I'm not exactly sure. I think he played his keyboard part backwards, but then they overdubbed it back forward, so it gives it that kind of weird sound. Yeah, because they they did have this, like, sort of sound to it when you play music backwards. So so I'm guessing that all he did was just basically read the, the music backwards and play it accordingly. Rather than... Yeah, kind of interesting He went right to left instead of left to right. So what are your thoughts on this song overall? I really enjoyed this song. Uh, Excellent use of the keyboard. Has a real funky feel to it. Real zippy. I like that. Well, that's what I I like. I really like the keyboard intro, Mm -hmm. and the keyboard throughout keeps a really good pattern to it. It just, once again, it's kind of a Doors thing, obviously, but Ray Manzarek is such an amazing player. And let me say it once again, all the members of the Doors are highly underrated at what they do. Oh, they're extremely talented musicians. Yeah, I love the vocal in this. Jim Morrison's mm-hmm. vocals are great in it. I mean, you can He's got such a strong voice. He does. And it, it's not he's not an amazing singer. You know, we keep going back to that word crooner. He is a crooner. Mm-hmm. He yeah. just croons for everything and there, this song, uh, he does kind of like, he's got this drone, that baritone drones, yeah. and it gives you this hollow haunting. But when he wants to get feel. to the strange screaming and yeah. stuff, he, he holds it so well, and it sounds yes, so does. good. You know, the, the bass line in this, they did re- well having Doug Lubon play, because mm-hmm. the bass line's amazing in this, and it's got yes, a it really is. good little slide guitar solo in the middle it's really short is that what that was yeah Yeah. it's a slide guitar again shows off robbie krieger's playing and his Mm -hmm. diversity to me it's a little too short could add it a little time sure but it's amazing it shows him off that's what i felt about uh the first two songs on this album as well is that they were they were kind of short that they could have been longer yeah and i wish they were Okay, so now let's go to the next song, poem, whatever you want to call it. Horse Latitudes. 
So this a is poetry a poetry reading. Yeah, a poetry <laughs> reading. Yeah. So this is a poem supposedly written by Jim Morrison in high school when he saw a paper book cover of horses being thrown off a boat. Now, Ray Manzarek said no, it couldn't have been written when he was in high school because the poetry and the words are too mature for that. So who knows? <laughs> keep keep in mind, Jim It's also was, Jim Morrison. <laughs> it's Jim Morrison, and at this time, he was only 23 anyway, so... Mm-hmm. And reading, like, 1930s French uh, literature. Yeah, when he was 16. Yeah, not French novels, yeah. Horse latitudes, they're actually known as ocean regions that contain calm waters and light winds that they come about because mm. ships loaded with horses mm-hmm. bound for America, they'd get the... the They'd oh, be delayed. So they they would seek out these calm waters that would uh, help the animals to have a relaxing or calm ride? Sort of, but the ships would get delayed, and that would cause the horses to die. So oh. it has something to do with that. I don't know. I mean, this song has got strange sound effects throughout it. Apparently, it's got bottles mm-hmm. dropping in garbage cans. Yeah. They're smacking coconut shells on the tile floor. Mm-hmm. There's people screaming. Or they've used a tape recorder. For white noise, right? Oh, to give it that kind yeah. of background noise. Yeah, there, there's stuff going on, but nothing like that. I mean, you know that it's intentional, but it's not musical. If that makes sense. This yeah, is all. We, yeah, it's certainly not musical. You, you just, just got poetry. Jim but, reading his poetry yeah. with these funky sound effects, mm-hmm. you know. And the one thing I can say about this is it's certainly different, but this is. Another kind of quintessential Doors thing, you know, you always had a little bit of this offbeat stuff with Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. He did it more famously in the middle of songs. Yeah. You know, and in stretches of songs, like in the end and when the music's over, especially when he did it like live, he'd throw a lot of these things in. And I, I turned to you and I said, we ought to start a band and call mm-hmm. it Mute Nostril Agony. Yeah. An amazing band name. And there it probably is. already is one, but, you know, for me. They do uh, Doors covers. For me, as much as I love this album, this is something that this one's even hard to rate because it's really not a song. It's just a little piece. It's like 50 seconds long. Yeah, this is a poetry reading in the midst of to the background of some noise. Yeah, so it's interesting. From the windy opening to all the bottles in the garbage can or whatever. Well, and here's where my bias comes out. If this was in the middle of a Rolling Stones song, I'd say it was shit. I'm supposed to love this song. You should, because you like strange things. I know. And this is Strange Days. I'm supposed to. So let's move on to the next song, Moonlight Drive. So this is an old song. This is one of Jim Morrison's first songs he wrote. Um, He wrote it while living on a rooftop in Venice, California, and that's kind of featured in the movie and in all the books you can read about him and things Mm -hmm. like that. It's the one we talked about that he sang to Manzarek on the beach. Yeah, the love song. Yeah, that made Mm -hmm. them two fall in love and start a band. This is also one of the earliest demos they recorded, and that's kind of an interesting listen if you ever get a chance. Mm -hmm. It's completely different than what hit the album. Now I have to go listen to it. Yeah, and they actually recorded this song a second time after their demo for their debut album, but they did not like it, and I've never heard that version. I don't think it's been released. They They said they destroyed it. They did something with it. I'm sure it'll come out during the 60th anniversary releases that I will be buying. Let's hope. Uh, But then they re-recorded it for Strange Days, and that's what we have here. 
Now, Robbie Krieger plays the bottleneck guitar on this one again, and mm-hmm. Jim Morrison loved it. In fact, he asked Robbie to play bottleneck or slide guitar on almost every mm-hmm. single song. He wanted <laughs> it on everything. And once again, Doug Lubon plays the bass on this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a guy named Paul Beaver. He creates the sound effects with the Moog synth on this one. He's pretty good. He is. And this song was actually the B-side to the single Love Me Two Times. I mm-hmm. think they should have released this as an A single, but that's just my opinion. What that's are your thoughts fair, on this song? I think that's a fair opinion. Moonlight Drive is a really decent song. It shows Morrison's maturity in spite of his age. Writing this so young, it's, it does have a mature feel to it. And honestly, I get lost trying to figure out Jim Morrison's lyrics. Yeah, but they are so visual, right? Yeah. I mean, let's They're very swim visual. to the moon. Yeah. I just can't figure out what the heck he's trying to say, but but I enjoy it. Well, it just sounds to me like a simple love song yeah. done Jim Morrison style. It is, and it's a real peppy song. Yeah, and I like the keyboard intro to this. I think mm-hmm. it's great. Bottleneck guitar in this, I'd have to agree with Jim on yeah. Robbie's guitar. I love it. Mm-hmm. The solo in this is amazing. I don't even know what a bottleneck guitar is, but boy, I like it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing sounding. The solo, go listen to the solo mm-hmm. on this one because... Yeah. Robbie, amazing guitar player. And, you know, Morrison, when his vocals towards the end, when it kicks up a notch and he gets into those strained vocals and he's kind of screaming, he ha- for some reason when Morrison kind of screams or strains or whatever, he, it's under perfect control. It sounds perfect. It's one yeah. of the best things he does. This is a great song. Yes, it is. Yeah, and I think it's a good way to finish out side one. Oh, real strong finish for this album. Do you want to get to side two? Yep, flip it over. Side two. Okay, so side two opens up with People Are Strange. This is one song that I have a lot of history with. So this was written by Jim Morrison and Robbie Krieger together. This was also released as a single. It reached number 12 on the U.S. chart. Reached number one in Canada for some reason. People must be more strange there. I don't know. Canadians? Absolutely, they are more strange. So the B-side of this song was Unhappy Girl. This was written during a time when Morrison apparently was suffering severe depression. It's basically about his perception of people he was walking by while on a walk up Laurel Canyon. Now, Laurel Canyon's where he yeah. lived for a while, and I've been up there in L.A. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. It's kind of cool place. I've seen his house. I've seen the little market there by his house. It's interesting. Now, Robbie plays slide guitar on this one again. Mm-hmm. Ray Manzarek plays the Vox organ and piano, and Doug Lubon is featured on this one again on bass. One thing I love about this song is the intro. I love the intro. It's one of the first intros I learned to play on guitar. This song is one of the songs, it's one of my earliest memories of my dad playing this song, and it's still one of my favorite songs. What are your thoughts on this? I like this song. It's got uh, kind of this Halloween feel to the music again, where it's a little darker and kind of uh, creepy, but it's supposed to be that way because it it, it's trying to paint that picture that uh, Jim Morrison's talking about. It's kind of funny how they open up side one with strange days, mm-hmm. and they open up side two with people are strange. I mean, I think they're just trying to say people are strange yeah, in general. Well, and it is a strange world, but it's full of strange people. And I think anybody that's really self-conscious or had some sort of social anxiety understands what it's like to come into a new place and people are strange to you and they sometimes even treat you strange because they're they're still filling you out and you're filling them out trying to figure out how you fit in with them and how they fit in with you and everybody's trying to find their place in this world what do you think about the lyric faces look ugly when you're alone that one i'm not sure that, that once again when you suggest to me okay let's break down the specifics of the lyric 
lyrics like that, I'm not sure what Jim Morrison's saying. <laughs> well, it's like streets are uneven when you're down. I mean, that mm-hmm. seems like you're intoxicated or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, this is a quintessential Doors song. I mean, this still mm-hmm. receives heavy yeah. radio play to this day, and it features everything. You know, it's got good bass. It's got an amazing guitar solo in it. I love the little guitar licks in it before the pre-chorus. To me, this is just with the memories I have of this song. It's just a short song, but it features everything from the Doors throughout the song. This is kind of a Doors history to me put together. This song is amazing. I love it. It is a great song. I just love this tune. I mean, it's just kind of, it's a fun song to, to listen to. People are strange when you're a stranger. I would love if to see If wishes were horses, then beggars would ride. I never heard that verse. I don't know what those songs But that's kind of what I, I was going to get to. I was going to say, I would have loved to see a longer version of this song with mm-hmm. big guitar solo in the middle and everything with your new version, your new lyric there. It kind of did. It did sound it? Jim Morrison-ish. <laughs> Probably because it came from a French novel. Oh, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> so then we move on to the next song, My Eyes Have Seen You. Now, this is another early door song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was apparently written by the band in Ray Manzarek's parents' garage in 1965. Uh, the lyrics are basically by Jim Morrison. And this is another one that was one of their very early demo recordings. And it's kind of an interesting recording there, too, because it ends up sounding nothing like this version that hits the, the album. What are your thoughts on this song? You know, this song was a creepy voyeur song. <laughs> this is about... Jim Morrison taking another walk. His whole purpose in taking that walk is to go and creep on some girl or be a peeping Tom. I don't know if I take it that way, but that makes sense. I mean, as far as the the music in this thing, Mm -hmm. it's got a good bass intro that kicks into a good guitar lick. It's got an excellent guitar in this, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Yeah. the the guitar in this song is amazing on this. It's Mm -hmm. got an amazing solo once again, and I'm going to say it again. Robbie Krieger, highly underrated. Now, this is coming from Absolutely. a Doors super fan. You need to check him out because, you know, I think a lot of people don't like the Doors sound. The people, I should say, that don't like the Doors sound mm-hmm. are really put off by the keyboard. At least that's in my experience, what I've heard. Yeah, the, the keyboard's really overbearing in in most Doors music. I'm not finding the keyboard overbearing in this album. And see, I don't... It's fi- present. I don't find the keyboard yeah overbearing in anything they do i know because they can do no wrong i'm like criticizing your favorite child no well and you should you should that's what we're here to do right yeah to me the the organ's never overbearing but i'm the first one to say when i listen to other bands and Mm -hmm. i hear too much keyboard or too much organ i'm like god get that out of here so i i guess i do have a little bit of a double standard (laughs) but to me it just fits with this band everything fits this song i love when it speeds up once again, Jim goes kind of to a strained vocal, mm-hmm. a strained crooning vocal again. Yeah. And it, it's just amazing. You know, I love the way this ends just mm-hmm. kind of on a repeat. This is an amazing song. I love it. Good and like, like a lot of the other songs, it's a short song. So we move on to the next song, I Can't See Your Face in My Mind. Another song, the lyrics are by Jim Morrison. Mm-hmm. He apparently wrote this about the inability for his mind to form images, mm-hmm. uh, basically of a girl or a friend or something he's lost. Yeah, which is a, a very common defense mechanism that uh, the mind does during a, after a traumatic event. Traumatic being, you know, a breakup, heartbreak. You aren't able to, or this the same sort of thing happens after a death of a loved one that you can't remember what their face looks like. Well, your your mind isn't able to deal with that trauma or that 
that stress that's going to induce. So it protects itself by erasing that image only temporarily though, because as soon as you're in a safe place and you're doing better, then those images will come back and you'll be able to remember the person again. But it's a, a pretty traumatic thing, especially if it's a, the death of a loved one and you can't remember what their face looks like. It happens, but you, they'll come back. Well, it's obvious uh, the Doors didn't, and Jim specifically, didn't have social media back then Mm -hmm. because he could have just stalked his girlfriend after he dumped her or she dumped him. But, you know, this is a kind of a weird carnival-like sounding Mm -hmm. music to this. I I like the sound. His baritone voice is good in it. Bass is really good in this song. It's kind of up front. I believe Mm -hmm. Robbie Krieger plays the bass in this song. It's probably featured more prominent in this song than most. The drums and the guitar themselves aren't very prominent in this song. It's still a really good song. What are your thoughts about the song? I think it's a very well put together song. I think it's a a real good work of art that uh, they've taken and captured this uh, phenomena or this um, post relationship that they're singing about extremely well. Good song. I, I like that song. Okay, so that moves us on to the last song of the album when the music's over. Now, just like on their first album, closed with an 11-minute song, The End, you know, here we get When the Music's Over, which is an 11-minute long song to close out this album. Now, these lyrics were written by Jim Morrison on this one. It's an early song that they had played at the Whiskey as early as 1966. So this song had been around for quite a while as well. And like a lot of their songs, it kind of, you know, as they played it live, it kind of worked its way and... And evolved Morphed into and something evolved bigger. into something <laughs> bigger, yeah. Yeah, but it seems that Jim Morrison didn't want this, the night to end either. So apparently they pulled at least the song title and the mm-hmm. you know the inspiration for the song name from a comment from the owner of the London Fog where he'd always mm-hmm. say, you know, when the music's over, turn out the lights. Turn out the lights and lock the doors behind you, boys. I'm not paying to keep the lights on. And like <laughs> I said, this is the longest song on the album at about 11 minutes exactly, and it's got some early environmental lyrics on it which you don't hear from the doors you know when you get to that lyric what have they done to the earth you know what have they done to our fair sister ravaged and plundered and ripped her and bit her stuck her with knives in the side of the dawn tied her with fences and dragged her down this is so brutal this is such a, a ravaging this is very similar in mm-hmm. the end, or I should say very mm-hmm. similar to the end. That You know, the end yeah, started the out end. as just kind of mm-hmm. a simple love song, but then mm-hmm. it has all this middle stuff that Jim makes up and goes yeah. on these, you know, goes on this long run mm-hmm. into the Oedipus he, section and all that. He's such a philosopher, he just can't help himself. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this song? This has got some really cool musical sound to it. The floating, falling kind of sound does sound like the world is about to come apart. I mean, this is a a very well put together song. I, I very much enjoy this. What are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, there's several. I just showed you my. Yeah, you've got I just notes. showed you my notes, and I've got about twenty keynotes. So I would say this is probably my top three door songs. Oh wow! I absolutely love this song. I think this song shows. Everything the doors are, were, were to become. I mean, you start with the keyboard intro. It's absolutely amazing. This was probably one of my father's favorite songs. Mm -hmm. And he played this to me quite a bit. I I love this song. So I've got the memories and I just love how that opening with the keyboards. Then when Mm -hmm. Jim kicks in with the, yeah, Yeah. you know, the keyboard throughout this thing is so haunting yet. So perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got little small guitar licks in the, in the background. It's just amazing because the guitar isn't really featured as much in this, except the guitar solo in the middle of this song, Mm -hmm. which is 
absolutely amazing in my opinion yeah. i think it is perfect and yeah. robbie krieger had a hard time playing it i guess he had to record it multiple times and when you listen to this live it is completely different live but it's it's also done and i don't mean the song as a whole i'm talking about the the, the guitar the guitar solo in the middle it's completely different live so obviously he had a hard mm -hmm. time playing it and i love it live as well it's just different everything in this the drums on this are strong mm -hmm. strong in this song and shows how underrated John Densmore was as a player. I, I don't know really what to say about this song because other than everything or nothing, that, yeah. because jo Jim's lyrics in this are strong. You know, the imagery you get from it, you know, cancel my subscription to the resurrection, send my credentials to the house of detention. I mean, the lyrics in this are beautiful. And the scope and range of his, um, the emotions that he's singing from, there's anger, there's, uh, sorrow, remorse, there's, uh, you know, longing. There's so much range in what his vocals are doing. Well, and the music follows his vocals, too. That's yeah, what's does. nice about it, because after a while, the, the music calms mm -hmm. back down. And this is for 11 minutes. Yeah, the music calms back down, and you get in the part, portion where he says, we want the mm -hmm. world, and we want it now. Yeah. You know, and then he screams now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then it kicks back up. I love that. To me, like I said, the drumming is super strong in this throughout the whole song the keyboards are amazing and and very haunting tar's not featured a ton there's little licks but yeah. where it's featured in the solo is mm -hmm. absolutely perfect music is my only friend mm -hmm. until the end you know is how yeah. it ends and to me this is a perfect I, I would say you know this is in my top three favorite door songs mm -hmm. and in my top three favorite songs of all time yeah i love this song so i figure that when you rate this album on a scale one to ten you're gonna give it like a 78 S something yeah, like okay. that <laughs> there comes my bias again but to me this is a perfect song and i don't mean just it's a perfect door song mm -hmm. but this is a perfect song i think to me everything about it it's a work of art for sure yeah, it's a masterpiece song so what do you think about we get to winners and losers i think that's uh, time for that winners and losers Okay, Tyler, let's start off with you. What are your three least favorite songs? Or you could pick two, whatever you choose. Um, You know, there was a couple ones that stuck out to me. Uh, the first least favorite I'm going to pull out is Horse Latitudes. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> but this is, a, once again, the song that I should have absolutely adored. Well, there you go again. I yeah. said song. Is this a song? It's not a song. It's, it's, a, a, it's song. a poetry reading and... Yeah, the beatniks were all going to eat this up. I did not even get what he was trying to say. I didn't, uh, you know, now that I've looked at what the, the write-up is about the song, that it's about like a paperback cover of a picture of horses being drowned or thrown off a boat and then finding out what the horse latitudes are. That makes a little, a little more sense, yeah, it, yeah. But this was a puzzle that I just could not figure out in the process of listening to it but then again it's uh it's jim morrison i can't really fault him for being jim morrison even so it just you know it should have been my favorite but it wasn't no i understand let's see another least favorite this isn't I, i'm really struggling on the least favorites on this one but one of them is my eyes have seen you just because uh it seemed creepy which is what i like about it so i hate to give it that there it is and i i'm gonna pick you lost little girl for least favorite just because i didn't feel like it was i didn't feel like jim morrison was all that into it and i guess i can see why now <laughs> he should have been into he it really I mean, should pam been, yeah. was in there pleasing mm -hmm. him then who cares how the song turns out right and really 
I, I shouldn't even throw that one on the list. I don't really have a good reason to call it least favorite. It's just this was in the middle for me. Yeah, I understand. And you're not here to please me anyways. No, I'm certainly, you know, not in the proper position. I'm all the way across the room. True. So uh, where do you stand on these favorites? Well, obviously, I'm going to take the cop out like you did and yeah. and say horse latitudes, even though I think it's very important to this. And I've mm-hmm. been listening to this for so many years, it would seem blank without it. And it's really not even a song. Like I said, if that was another band that come up with that, I mm-hmm. it wouldn't fit, but it fits with Jim Morrison. So I'm picking my least favorite, which I really like it. Mm-hmm. But my least favorite song, if I was to rate one, because I love this album, would probably be I Can't See Your Face in My Mind. The music to me, I love the lyrics and things like that, but the music to me is a little weaker than the rest. And those are really the only two. And keep in mind, I love both of them, and I wouldn't take them off this album. I got to play by my own rules, right? That's where this gets a little funny for me, because like I'm sitting there trying to give you my honest opinion about your favorite, one of your favorite bands. (laughs) You know, I've heard everything there is. Mm-hmm. About the people that dislike the doors, and I've yeah. had many arguments with people. But you haven't heard them from me. No, and that's fine. <laughs> I want you to be truthful like, and honest. Yeah, but I feel like I'm criticizing one of your children. So tell Come me what your three favorite songs on this album are. Okay, this one is a little bit easier to do, although there were some really good ones. I'm going to go with Unhappy Girl was one of my favorites. I really like the message of it. I like the uh, music of it. It really just it had that zippy, peppy tone to it, and the message is, is excellent. But, hey, you know, you can look back with regret, or you can take advantage of the opportunities that you have right now. I really like the message of it. Also, People Are Strange, one of my favorites, uh, mostly because sitting there and listening to it and, you know, understanding that he's just talking about going on a walk in this Laurel Canyon and the way that he's uh, viewing the world around him just really it it, it, uh, resonated with that philosopher chord in me that's like you know this is the sort of stuff that when I'm out on a walk down the streets of some you know big city just looking at the people around me and all their faces then that, you know, faces are ugly when you're alone. What does that mean? I have no idea. Yeah, but it's but, it's visual. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah, you it think. Is. Yeah, and it's just kind of the thoughts that go through your head. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because I'm more, rather than Jim Morrison looking at all these faces and seeing ugliness, I look at all these faces and see what's right about them, see what's beautiful about them. Yeah. We're opposite ends of, of that spectrum, but I dig it, Jim. I really do. Also, I can't see your face in my mind. I'm calling that one one of my favorites. And I call it that because of the because of the phenomenon that he captures. I mean, once again, I'm really resonating with the songs that Jim's written that I get. Some of the songs that he's saying a lot I don't get. Maybe I will. Well, and and I have the advantage that I've listened to this album for so many Mm -hmm. years. You know, as we've talked before, you got a couple decades on me. Yeah, some of them, (laughs) some of them grow on you. In in fact, if you're going to listen to it multiple times over years, you Mm -hmm. must enjoy it. It starts taking on a different meaning. Yeah, I get it, and I, you know, I, I rated. I can't see your face in my mind as Mm -hmm. the song I probably liked least. And keep in mind, I absolutely love that song. Isn't that funny <laughs> that you're going to put it on one of your least favorites? I'm going to put it on my favorite list. I really enjoyed when the music's over. I, I did. What are your favorites? So obviously, I think my number one favorite's pretty easy to figure out because I just got done. Gushing? Yeah, gushing <laughs> over. When the music's over, yeah. without a doubt. My second favorite, 
people are strange. And then the funny thing about it, my third favorite was one of your least favorites. My my eyes have seen you. Oh really? I just absolutely love that song. Mm-hmm. I love the beat of it. I love how fast it is. I just love the imagery and the lyrics. And if it's yeah. dirty, I don't care. Once again, that's a song that should have been one of my favorites. <laughs> but for me, if you want to hear my bias, I've got six others that tie for third place. So sure. So should we get to the album rating? All right, now we can rate it. Album rating. Okay, Tyler, Strange Days, 1967, The Doors' second studio album. You've just listened to it for the first time, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you only knew three songs off this album originally. That's right. So after your first initial listen, what do you rate this out of 10? Keep in mind, I don't want you to play to me. It's, it is my child. I know it is. <laughs> I want to know your honest opinion. And I also want to be uh, invited back to the, your basement. <laughs> you, you could rate it a one and you'd be invited no, back. Okay. And that's kind of the cool thing about this whole thing is that, yeah, Bacon is entitled to their opinion on this. Well, that's what I really want yeah. to know. I mean, and keep in mind, you know, for you mm-hmm. on most of these albums, it's your first impression on yeah, a lot really of these is. songs. That's kind you, of the exciting you, thing. You had this. obviously heard People Are Strange. Yeah. You'd heard Love Me Two Times. Sure. And you'd heard when the music's over but past yeah. that that's pretty much all you knew off this album yeah absolutely and i enjoyed the album i'm i could see this album growing on me in time coming the doors isn't really my band it's not yeah, i get uh, it. it's not my sound that being said boy there's a lot in here that i really enjoy it's kind of like when you go to an art gallery and you see a whole bunch of like abstract modern art and you're like oh look somebody just threw a, a, a bunch of paint up on the wall and splattered it and who cares then you take notice of something for the first time and you realize well there is a little bit of method to this madness there is a bit of a pattern to the splatter all of a sudden you start to get intrigued and you start to understand what it is that the artist is trying to tell you that's uh what i felt listening to this album going in completely lost getting lost in jim morrison being a philosopher and an abstract poet but then on the back end of it i'm coming out of this like Wait a second, I'm starting to understand some of this. I'm starting to get the message. I'm starting to get the doors. Because I enjoy that so much, I'm going to bump this one up from originally a 7. I'm going to give it an 8. That's better than I thought you would give it, honestly. Yeah, honestly, uh, for what I know about the doors and how I normally feel about the doors, I was thinking I was going to be on the south end of five. I'm starting to come around and starting to see it. Go ahead and slap your uh, solid 10 on this album. Well, let's say this. (laughs) Most days, this is my favorite album. And other days, Mm -hmm. it's tied for my worst album of their six. Oh, yeah? (laughs) I I guess what I'm saying is, is The Doors, their six studio albums with Jim Morris, and I love them all. And they're all a different feeling for me there there to me this this and the first one are very similar once you get into waiting for the sun it's a little bit different when you mm-hmm. get the soft parade it's completely different so is morrison hotel so is la woman and they're all a different day a different feeling right mm-hmm. obviously my bias brings this album to a 10 and i'm not mm-hmm. i mean this was my pick we're gonna go through yeah. all the doors albums sooner mm-hmm. or later it is what it is you know yeah. i don't know it'll be a while before we get to their third album because we've got a ton of albums to do we've got a lot of review requests in we gotta do but it was time to do the Doors second album. You and know? I, I can see why you give this a ten. I really can. Knowing you as a as the friend that you are to me and knowing what I see about the doors and Jim Morrison, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I get it. This yeah. this really 
strings that it strums that resonating chord. With yeah. Me. And there's a lot of doors, detractors or people that just can't stand the doors. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of like anything else. I've got the bands I can't stand and you may not know them because a lot of times we probably want to do their reviews because mm-hmm. guess what? This is our podcast. Yeah, maybe we should do Taylor Swift sometime. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) No, but in all honesty, we're going to get to as many bands as we can, whether we like them or don't, because I want to discover new music too. And this isn't discovering new music. I went into this knowing exactly what I thought of this album. Most days, this really is my favorite Doors album. I think Strange Days is absolutely amazing. No doubt it's a 10 for me, because it's Mm -hmm. got three or four songs on it that are probably in my top 20 favorite songs of all time yeah and it's just a strong album mm-hmm. even excluding horse latitudes which i never would do i want to learn a little bit more about horse latitudes now <laughs> it's kind of interesting isn't for, it? For, for it being uh such a poetry reading there's a story behind there and i, I i'm intrigued so yeah, now it's, this is an album that i gave it an eight and I, I really want to learn a little bit more about it. one of the reasons I gave it an eight and bumped it up from, I was thinking seven right after we finished, but then we started talking about favorites and least favorites. This has got me thinking. And it's an, it's the fact that this band got me thinking and it got me really looking into it. And now I want to learn more about them. Yeah. And for me, yeah. you either get the doors or you don't, I'm mm-hmm. sure it can be acquired, but obviously you're not going to try and acquire it if you don't yeah. really care for them. It is what it is, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of people that like the doors hits and that's about as far as it goes. And that's fine as well. You know, True. but I've devoured them deep and mm-hmm. it is what it is. They're yeah. definitely one of my favorite bands. Yeah. So if you want us to quantify or qualify our adoration for the doors, send us an email. We'll, we'll respond. Exactly. So that's The Doors' second studio album, Strange Days. I hope you enjoyed it. Go take a listen. Let us know what you think. Any complaints, comments, suggestions, album review suggestions, anything you got, send them to classicvinylpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, all those, you know, wherever you find your podcasts, we're out there. We really appreciate all your questions and comments. Find us on Instagram and Twitter the Twitter. But until next time, we appreciate you listening. Yep. Thank you so much for listening to Classic Vinyl Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Classic Vinyl Podcast for updates and also share us with your music-loving friends. Mm-hmm.